Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. So here we are. It's like 2:40 on Thursday. <laughs> on Thursday. We're so looped. It might as well be. 2:40 uh, on Sunday. Um, we are <laughs> last day of the con. We've pretty much done everything, uh, you know, work-wise that we're going to do at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I figured we should kind of go through and talk about our experiences, and we'll kind of go. Almost day by day. I mean, we talked about Thursday already, um, you and I. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do day by day. No, man. I mean, I have, like, points that we can talk about. But All right, cool. Bob, how was your first day on Thursday? Thursday, because of, we had a, we had a chaperone Thursday, <laughs> which is dusk, you know, dusk yeah. 1020. It's yeah. Rob. He, he led me some great advice. I'll pass along to everybody else who wants to go on these big shows. We want to hit Artist Alley. And he said, we go Thursday. Because the access to the artist is incredible then. You really... Mm-hmm one or two people you get what you want you need to put a commission in mm. you want to buy a print some of the prints were gone by the next day yeah wandered through there then hit the trade floor which is a zoo even on thursday but uh, but it, w- it worked out very well so it was it's pretty overwhelming here even on the light day compared to the, even other big shows i've been to it's pretty amazing here yeah um overwhelming is a good word for it uh so you know we had thursday and thursday was nice uh it was busy but not crazy yeah. Uh, and then you walked in on Friday. Yeah, I walked in on Friday. And you sent me a text. <laughs> yeah. Um, Friday was considerably and immediately and noticeably different uh, than Thursday. Because Thursday was, you know, it was only open to VIP pass holders, press, and, and whoever had, had bothered to get the four-day passes. And even as many times as people had told me that that was what the deal was, I still don't think I had grasped it because I'd never done this before. And when I saw the droves of people that were showing up on Friday and then I was like making observations and I'm like, damn, there's a lot of people here. And all I kept hearing back was just wait until Saturday. (laughs) That's all anybody said to me. Um, But yeah, Friday, Friday was an eventful day. Friday was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Did you see any uh, panels or anything on Friday? You saw the vertigo panel on Friday. Yes, I did see the vertigo panel on Friday. Yeah, yeah, it was quite... um, it was cool. I'd never. It was my f- my first panel uh, ever, really, and um, I think it was. Uh, I can't remember everyone. It was Brian Azzarello, um, Scott Snyder. Yeah, this was the the hot, the highlight for me was <laughs> Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire sitting next to each other. <laughs> um, if I could have pushed them together to merge them into one man, that would have been amazing. Uh, Bill Willingham was there, of course, talking about uh, fables, and he uh, had announced that there's going to be. A uh, the unwritten is going to be doing a comic book event, not a crossover, but an event um, that coincides with the Fables universe. Yeah. So unwritten and Fables coming together. Um, I've never read the unwritten, mm-hmm. but I am definitely intrigued. 
because yeah. I, I do like fables, and I love the art for the covers of The Unwritten. What's so. that on about? What's The uh, Unwritten? I don't know. I've, nev- I've never read it. I see it in the stores all the time, and every it almost makes the covers of the week, <laughs> like every time it oh. comes out. Um, so he announced that, and then, of course, uh, Jeff Lemire uh, announced that he's doing another uh, one of his written by and drawn by himself um, called Trillium. Yeah. Which I, you know, I had to almost stop myself from getting out of my seat and just being like, yeah, anyway, um, that's going to be a, uh, kind of like a, like an interstellar love story, uh, from him. And I just like, just like anything else that he ever does, uh, I am very, very excited. And he talked about, uh, how Sweet Tooth is coming to a close and uh, his thoughts on it and just how satisfied he is with the project. And he's, he's upset to see it go, but he said that it's, it's time, the story is over, and he wants to move on to bigger and better things. Yeah, uh, it's a tennis shoe miniseries, and it takes place in two time periods. This is Trillium, mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Yep. It takes place, um, like I, I have it written down here, it takes place 1,700 years in the future, in the year 3797, and also 92 years in the past. And the story will tell the tale of Nika, a botanist in 3797, who somehow falls in love with William, a war-scarred explorer in 1921. Um, this millennia-spending romance brings about the end of the universe. Look at you with oh. your notes. Yeah, I took a lot of notes the other day. Uh, Lemire, he said Arthur C. Clarke, um, and even uh, Brian K. Vaughn, mm-hmm. his work on Saga, as big influences on what he was going to do. Nice. Yeah, so it's called Trillium, subtitle, The Last, story, the last Love Story Ever Told. Ooh. Yeah. And then Scott Snyder announced something there as well. Did he now? At the vertical panel. He's doing uh, The Wake with Sean Murphy. Um, I must have not been there for that. That yeah. must have been the first couple of minutes. It's a horror, uh, um, a horror series. Um, you know, and he, he didn't really say what it was going to, you know, the exact details of it. But he did say, um, he said he's been working on it for a year and that, it's a 12-issue hor- horror science fiction series that would bring that would begin with a horrifying realization of human evolution. And he promises that there would be sea monsters and creatures of all types in the series. And he says, hopefully you guys will like it as much as we do. I'm sure that we will. Yeah. Monsters, what's not to like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bob, for you on Friday, did you go to any panels? Yeah, I went to the Green Lantern panel. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I asked you to just fill in for me. Which... <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, Jeff Johns didn't make it here in time. Right. So I don't he wasn't there at all this, this really? weekend. I don't even know. Uh, yeah. So they were trying to be spoilerific, but we st- we have some stuff going where you know they were asking about Baz and the Justice League, which seems like, well, he's at the end of that issue. So you, yeah. they're going to have to gain... Mm-hmm. He's going to gain their trust a little bit, take his measure as the new guy with the ring, who yeah. still doesn't know what he does. Uh, some bad stuff going to happen to Guy Gardner. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. With yeah. some assault on Precinct 13 and a team-up, actually. They try to bust him out of jail for some reason. <laughs> uh, we also have we got Kyle, who's going to try to master the entire spectrum of rings and become a white lantern. Yeah. So people still like Kyle. He's going to be doing some stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, interesting, they were asking all sorts of questions uh, into what's going to happen with, with someone. And they're being very coy. Yeah. They're really playing this event up big as well. Read the books. Yeah. See the books, you yeah. know. Um, and partly because I know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Some of this is, is literally Greek. You know, I, I, <laughs> I thought this one character's name was erotica somehow, which it obviously isn't. It's a, it's oh, a, boy. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. the, the, the audio's not good in this room, yeah. you know. <laughs> what am I supposed to It's echoing all over the place. Uh, but the one thing I found really fascinating is without Jeff Johns in the room, yeah. they're asking 
you know, in the audience, and they're asking questions, well, who's your favorite lantern? They're asking the guys on the stage, and it's basically one Baz, and everyone else is saying, guy. Mm -hmm. And almost the entire audience, when where they're going up, are asking Hal questions. Mm -hmm. Why is he asking Alan Scott, what's going to happen to, well, someone asks, is there ever going to be a female human Green Lantern? Hmm. Mm -hmm. And so they get into the whole Jade thing, because it was Alan Scott's daughter, Jade, mm -hmm. and her brother, Obsidian. And they said, well... Everything's in Player 2. That has been discussed. So those people waiting for that, you may even see something happening in the Earth 2 book. So a lot right. of Green Lantern stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they uh, Real quick, they made a... At, uh, I went to the Womanthology panel. We could talk about this later, but mm -hmm. one little Green Lantern bit. Um, they mentioned the film mm -hmm. and just how absolutely awful it was. <laughs> and uh, I let out a little yelp of, uh, <laughs> of, of, of happiness. Um, one thing we didn't get to talk about on Thursday because we recorded earlier was um, at the Superman panel, they confirmed what we had been talking about for a little while. Is rumored is that there's going to be a Jim Lee, uh, Scott Snyder mm -hmm. ongoing Superman book. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit of a different story. We thought it was probably going to be a miniseries or yes. something. It's going to be an ongoing book. It's going to be a new book. So it's, he's not taking over Superman or action. It's going to be a different book. So we don't know what that is yet. Mm. Uh, but That's so awesome. Uh, well, we are going to see. Drop the Batman family to do Superman. No, no, he's not okay. dropping Batman. He's still okay. going to do Batman. It was really funny at the Batman panel today, and we're skipping around a little bit, but you know. You know, he was talking about doing, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, if Batman, you know, he said, he said Superman, if Superman's stupid. And he goes, I'm not saying Superman's stupid. He's like, I'm saying it as Batman. Right. You know, because I'm writing, I'm writing Superman. And then Craig Capullo goes, goes, yeah, but you're always going to make it a little bit worse than Batman so that we can keep our, uh, <laughs> our standing here. He goes, absolutely. He's a Batman will just show up at the end of every issue and it's get the best of him. <laughs> um, yeah, so anything else on Friday that you got to well, see? Um... What was Friday? I'm trying to think what Friday <laughs> was. Friday was so long ago. Yeah. Uh, no, it was much more yesterday. The only thing, Friday yeah. we had a great sort of con moment that uh, one of our listeners who came over here mm. from England, Sarah Bell and her husband Ted, uh, she was here to see Terry Pratchett, the science fiction author mm. who's in, in, in ill health, maybe the last convention he does. And it's, it's a complaint I'll have about the convention itself, but mm -hmm. throwing a, they have very bad line management here. Yeah. They're a little overwhelmed by what's going on. So she got there two hours and change early to wait in line and found the line of ribbon cut off, for, just for the autograph mm -hmm. line. And they cut it off, and they kept saying, no, you're not going to go see the line. There's no line. You can't. Mm -hmm. No one left. Ended up being two and a half times what it started at. Oh, wow. Um, and it, it started to move up a little, and nothing happened. And there was a lady next to me. Her name is Allison Bishop, and she runs the International Spy Museum in Washington. <laughs> called the, her bookseller, who's called the publicist for Terry Pratchett sitting up front, who, and told him, there are people out here who've come 6,000 miles to see this guy do something. <laughs> they fixed the line. And it still almost got cut off, but it was one of these things, wow, we finally got to the front of the line, the rest of us. Publicist, photographer, the guy from the con, she, me, your husband, everyone's right. They were just weeping. It's like, okay, they did something right. So even though they did it wrong, and I'm going to commend them, condemn them for that, I'll commend them for figuring it out. They do seem to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's been some... Oh, today, for the first time, they had in the main panel hall where they you know the E rooms is like one E O seven and one E O yes. twenty thirteen. They actually had gates, like they actually had dividers so that when they line people up they could separate them. Because when I went there on Saturday for the uh, I saw the new fifty two panel and the it, Marvel Now Avengers panel which are back to back. I got online for the uh, new fifty two panel and they were like, Oh the line ends here and then literally the line snaked 
but you couldn't tell wh where that yeah. line began and where the other line <laughs> was you know, the, for the other side. So, you know, it was a little bit, uh, a little bit overwhelming. And, a, and a, you know, I've never been to San Diego, so I don't know how they deal with it there. I'm sure they are more accustomed to it. Yeah, I've been point. doing it for 30 years or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, but for me, I didn't go to see any of like the, the movie stuff. I, I stuck to mostly to the comic book yeah. stuff. Um, but Bob, you got to see the the Firefly panel. Yeah, that was that was another weird thing. Mm -hmm. That the IGN theater yesterday morning, an hour after opening the door, the entire day of panels, in essence, sold out. You couldn't get in. So they had all these people lined up for six hours, mm -hmm. the whole day. A what looked like the walkway to a slaughterhouse with all these steel bars with people sitting on the ground watching stuff on, on the big screen and someone on the other side of the room screaming, if the only reason you came here was to go to the IGN theater, you wasted your money. Yeah. That's not why you go to a con. Well, I don't remember seeing that on the website necessarily, yeah. but you know, okay, <laughs> have some fun. So seeing them, the panels are going on, but they were broadcasting it, streaming it live. So you could see the panels, which uh, that's very nice. Probably that's new yeah. this year. So we sit through Evil Dead, you know, I get up, they get up, we, we save our spot, gets to Firefly, they let in this horde of people, and say, well, we're going to let everyone else in. Well, they didn't police the line, so people walk, and then people start hopping over the barriers and mm -hmm. jump and scream and scramble all over the place, and we're, we're beat out by about, I don't know, 20, 30 people. And we're walking, and I'm going, you know what? I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> so I, I, I turned and said to Sarah, I'm going to find someone in this line whose ass I can kick, <laughs> and I'm going to cut him off. One of these guys who cut me off. So I found some guy dressed as Batman and gave him one of my Phil Jackson elbows in his chest and went, well, you did it, so deal with it. <laughs> and they thought, I thought we were going to cut us off. We got into this panel and standing room, just insane. And I, I've seen the movie, never seen the show. Mm -hmm. I am a fan. I'm a, a complete convert. The camaraderie between these people, and it started with was Jewel Sate and the other fellow's name I'm forgetting. Nathan Fillion? They had him on cell phone. Oh. He was on the phone, and then all of a sudden, you know, it was, it was, can you hear me, bars? It, the whole thing breaks up into a Jimmy at Woodstock feedback moment where the whole thing breaks apart and he's gone. Except he's in the middle of the room and just walks in and just sits there <laughs> to the biggest standing ovation. <laughs> I've seen a lot of show panels. Mm -hmm. I have never seen the love between cast members, the, the camaraderie with, with an audience. And, and they, to him, so well, you're the number one guy. It comes from you. Mm -hmm. And amazing. They're going to do a special. It's November 11th. It's the 10th anniversary on the Science Channel with clips and new interviews and a roundtable about how they got canceled and, and back. And mm -hmm. no real news. But people ask, well, if, if you could have Fox apologize, or you could have unlimited money, and so uh, Nathan's answer was, well, well, if I as much money as I want, I'd have a, my own island, <laughs> I'd have a cruise ship, and I'd bring all you fans to the island, would reenact scenes from the show. Mm -hmm. But he said, you know, if we're going to think about dreaming, the way to do this, animate it. Mm -hmm. And that would be brilliant. Yeah. You could have all these people, so you don't have to get dressed, you just come and Jewel say, well, no, I want to get in that dress. So I'll, well, you can dress up in the booth, just go right ahead. <laughs> just, just an amazing panel. Just really glad to have waited out. I've waited about three hours. Everyone else it was the whole day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you mentioned the woman anthology panel. Yes. And you were gushing about that when you came out of it. I absolutely loved uh, the woman anthology panel. The woman anthology panel was everything that we ever talk about on this podcast about women in comics, where they stand. Um, a lot of the, I mean, you know, just good information. One of the c 
contributors to Womanthology is, uh, and I knew this ahead of time, but I didn't know she was going to be here. She's 16 years old. She's still in high school. Womanthology was the first time I can't remember her. Her name escapes me. I'll have it when, you know, when we get back home. But, uh, she was there and she was, you know, like, you know, cute little artsy high school girl. And I'm just like, wow, like how awesome is that to have these people bring you into their, their movement and their, their collective comic thing and embrace you and invite you on to the panel for Comic-Con. Like that's gotta be blowing her mind. And it was the first time she got published. She got a huge, like, uh, applause and yells and screams and everything. And um, she was very gracious and everything. But, I mean, every every woman on that panel was just, like, they were fierce. They were very, they had, um, they all had very formed opinions on everything. They gave really good advice. There was, um, people were allowed to ask questions towards the end and uh, a lot of industry stuff, a lot about how to write women in comics, mm-hmm. um, how to not fall prey to, you know, the pitfalls of what's been going on lately. They did bring up Catwoman. Uh, <laughs> they talked about Catwoman for uh, just a minute or two. And um, it was just, it was, I mean, I only, I really only went to two panels. Um, everything else was just way too hectic to, uh, to, to try and get into. But um, it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. Um, like I said, I'll have more details on that once um, once we get home. But yeah. as far as like the overall feeling that I got from it, I I wonder if other panels were that good because it was right. just it was moving. Mm-hmm. Like it really like you felt like you walked out of there with with knowledge that either you had or that like everything that we talk about about how keeping strong characters and and building on what makes women powerful in these books they're they're like the queens of that now and they they represent that and it was just it was really refreshing uh to see that yeah i mean as i only i can speak to you as far as the panels go i mean i went to three pretty big ones i went to and big ones i mean you know like from the major companies i went to you know the marvel now avengers panel i went to the dc new 52 panel and i went to the batman Mm. death comes to gotham panel um that i missed uh, that I thought was a two fifteen, not oh, yeah. twelve fifteen. <laughs> uh, and you know, the new fifty two panel was just okay. Mm. Didn't give me any information. I didn't really know already. Um, you know, probably great for somebody who doesn't follow it constantly. You know, but for me, it was a little bit short on stuff. The thing I will say is, you know, we, we do the show every week and we talk about Scott Snyder nearly every week and how much we love him and you know. I, but you know, coming here, it's kind of we come out of the vacuum into what people think. And every time he showed up at any of the panels that I was at, it was like a rock star had walked on a stage. You know, yep, um, huge applause. And you know, and he, I saw him talk twice about <clears throat> the Joker and the death of the, of the family storyline. Once very briefly at the DC panel, and once for quite a long time at the Batman panel. And you know, the the main thing that he wanted to get across, and it, it it's. Just, interesting conceptual idea of the Joker as, you know, in his mind, the Joker is the court jester of of Gotham City and Batman is his king. Bat, he's the Bat King of Gotham mm-hmm. City. And it's been his job since his first day one to, you know, just like court jester can, will bring bad news to the king. That's what he does. He brings the bad news to ba- Batman. But in this way, and this is the, this is the quote that Scott said, um, the way he shows him the bad things in his life are, here are the worst nightmares of your heart, and I show them to you. Wow, that uh, you know, sums it up. 
And so he's, you know, he's been away for this year, but he hasn't been away doing nothing. Yeah. He's been watching everybody. He, he knows what everyone's, anything anyone's done for this entire year. And he's watched what he believes is Batman get lazy and soft, relying on this group of people around him. Oh, the incorporated. Yeah, group, okay. incorporated, or the, in the family, Batgirl, Robin, you know, Nightwing, all these people. You know, he's gotten soft, and these people aren't your family. I'm your, I'm your family. Mm-hmm. The, the the rogues of Gotham are your family. They make you strong. These people are making you weak. So I'm going to not only show you your worst fears, but I'm going to show each and every one of them the worst fears in their heart. Because I know in my heart that you want me to kill them. And I'm going to show you that, and then I'm going to kill them. That's, that's his thing. Um, that is so disturbing. You know, because it makes Joker into this guy. He's not just doing it to be crazy. He has a, he has, he's almost right in his mind about, you know, what he's doing. And, you know, he said many things. You know, he said that if you think that issue 13 is scary, you have no idea you know what, what, what's coming? It's going to get scarier and scarier. And uh, at the Batman panel, Greg Capullo and him were sitting next to each other, and it was really funny because Greg goes, you know, he comes out here and he talks and he puts on this great show, and he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I really just I love writing Batman, and it's great, and all you guys are great." He's like, "But this guy comes up with the most twisted things you'll ever hear in your entire <laughs> life." He's like, "And I'm nervous sitting next to him right now." <laughs> and Kyle Higgins, you know, the guy who writes Nightwing, is like, "You know, I'll talk to Scott on the phone," and Scott will be like, "Yeah, we're going to cut off his face." And we're gonna paste it to a wall. He goes, "Oh, wait a second! I gotta go. I'm at soccer practice right now." <laughs> you know, it's just this, you know, crazy stuff. Um, yeah. So, I mean, hearing him talk about Batman w- was pretty crazy. You know, they they mentioned a little bit about the other books, and you know, uh, it seems very much that Greg Hurwitz's book is Greg Hurwitz's book is not part of the of the death of the family, right? Uh, arc, and neither is Detective. So, I think they're keeping it pretty much. Batman and Robin and Batman are the two. Batman books. Yeah, I think it's like it's the character books, yeah. or at least the the character books that are getting those the special covers. And yeah, stuff like so that. Nightwing, uh, Red Hood, and the Outlaws. They made a point about Red Hood and the Outlaws because it's Jason Todd, and that has a lot of meaning because of the Joker. And uh, you know, Nightwing is a big part of. They showed a cover for Nightwing, I think sixteen, and it's Nightwing with like the Joker face on it. Yeah, and the entire audience were like, "Whoa!" Yeah, those were all the covers I saw yeah. at the uh, the retailers' breakfast. Yeah, and they're they're and they're insane. Um, you know, the, uh, Scott started off the Batman panel by saying, hey, I just want to ask, Avengers versus X-Men, who wins? Everyone <laughs> goes, Batman! Because <laughs> he's been doing that on Twitter That is the only while. correct answer. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, Gail Simone wasn't there, but Scott was saying that, you know, her book is going to get seriously scary. And, you know, not only is, you know, the Joker's going to be playing on the things that she's been dealing with since she came back. It's not going to be just, you know, he just pops up and does some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing on all of those things. Um... You know, but Grant Morrison was at uh, the, the Batman panel, and you know he was talking about the end of Batman Inc. And mm. you know he uh, he said that this this last arc of Batman Inc. is going to tie up everything he's been doing for six years with Batman. It is the culmination of that storyline. So if people have been you know since Batman and Son. So if people have been reading those books, and this is going to close that out. And somebody asked him if we can expect to see Batcow anywhere else, <laughs> and jokingly Grant said he goes. You know, we're going to be taking Batcow on the most deepest, darkest journey he's ever been on in the upcoming <laughs> books. So it was, it was pretty funny. Um, and Kyle Higgins, one more thing. Kyle Higgins said something really interesting about Dick Grayson. He said, you know, he loves him because he's the most empathetic member of the Bat family. And he said, the difference between Dick and Bruce is that uh, while Bruce is obsessed with the way his parents died, Dick 
celebrates how his parents lived. Um, and I thought it was a very interesting yeah, take nice on, insight. on yeah. Dick really well. And one more thing, somebody kind of most people say how much I love Damien. And Morrison said, remember when people hated Damien? And someone <laughs> says, you know, he's kind of a douchebag. And he goes, yeah, but I think that's what makes him great. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, he's, got, he's unpredictable. He, he's redeemable. He's got an edge to him. So Batman panel, while it did not give any, like, breaking news or anything, it did it was fun to go to and a, a lot of insight and a lot of cool stuff. Um, nothing out of, what about the Avengers panel? The Avengers panel, more? also not a lot of breaks. I mean, they did talk about the fact that Nick Spencer is taking over Secret Avengers, but that had been broken by... Entertainment Weekly earlier in the week or something, but it, um, that was cool. Um, Jonathan Hickman was asked about his Avengers plan, and him and Tom Brevoort said, basically, we have, even with two issues coming out a month, he has three to four years of <laughs> Avengers stories planned out already. Um, his idea for New Avengers is different than what's been going on in uh, Bendis' New Avengers. It's going to be... And basically, the problems that New Avengers deal with are problems the Avengers never would even, you know even know about their deep like conspiracy long running you know long con problems that these you're bringing back the avengers illuminati uh which are going to be the base base of that book and black panther is on the cover of the first book black panther dr strange is definitely in the new avengers um i'm not sure of the full roster but he hickman said about new avengers it's the favorite thing he's ever written wow that's awesome uh brevore was interesting too he talked about when he brought jonathan on fantastic four it was really tough to explain to people what he was doing. You know, his three to four year long story beats. And he goes, the great thing about now is Avengers, I can just go, he's just going to do what he did on Fantastic Four. Thank you. And so, people are happy with it. Um, you know, they talked a little bit about, you know, the whole family of books. Kieran Gillen was there talking about Young Avengers. And mm-hmm. he said, well, you know, he loved the, other, the, the, uh, the last Young Avengers series. He said that was a book very much about being 16. This book is about being, being 18. And it's about no longer being a sidekick. It's about no longer trained to be a hero, it's trying to become a hero in, in the world. And how do, how do you do that? Um, so that, that's something pretty exciting. Um, we talked about Avengers Arena a little bit. Um, and uh, Hickman, here, Hickman said, okay. uh, this is a great book. If you like good comics, you should read this book. That's what oh. he said about Avengers Arena. <laughs> Too much death, but so, I'll try it. Um, you know, he says, uh, you know, it's not just a, you know, they said it's 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 not just going to be about death. There's a lot of other stuff about the book, and they're going to you know really make you care about it. And it's a character piece m- over a- anything else. Um, um, you know, uh, the team for Young Avengers is Kid Loki, uh, Wiccan, Hawkling, uh, Miss America, I believe is the uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, Remender talked a little bit about uh, Uncanny Avengers, and you know the. Uh, the Red Skull, and you know he's gonna be developing, you know, kind of you know new powers. He said, and uh, he's you know, pretty scary in this first one. Yeah, he's pretty scary, and uh, he said, you know, he's a great villain to write because he really is, you know, just like a hate-filled scumbag. And there, yeah. you know, there's not a lot of other no, there's not that are purely look, that. Do- Doctor Doom has nobility. Yeah, exactly. Red Skull has nothing. Yeah, nothing, which I thought was great. And um, you know, he talked about uh, Apocalypse coming in as a, you know as a potential villain in the story. And, you know, he's got about that. And all of them, someone asked about Kang, the Conqueror. And apparently Kang fig- figures mightily into Hickman's plans for the Avengers. He's like, you know, he's like, he, he joked before, he's like, you know, time travel, who wants to deal with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, obviously, you know. He's high up on their rogues list. It yeah. always has been. Yeah. Uh, they talked about Avengers Assemble. 
uh, obviously Kelly Sudakonic taking it over. And uh, they've yes. said, Tom Bevort said, well, you know, Hickman's Avengers is three to four year long form, you know, you know, crazy, you know, holiday dinner, you know, that uh, Kelly Sudakonic's is the shock glass Avengers. It's, you know, three to four story, you know, three to four issue story arcs, uh, which sound really good. Um, you know, and uh, the Widow's Ledger is going to be the second one, which is going to, uh, you know, deal heavily with Natasha. And obviously it's part of their, I think, efforts to make it, if not become part of the movie universe, to kind of get people who understand the movie universe mm-hmm. to want to read these books. And the same thing with Agent Coulson is the lead in the uh, Secret Avengers book. But we have yeah, the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to talk about that. Um, they were talking about that at the Womanthology panel. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole... Um, like bringing bringing women, uh, bringing female characters more so, getting their own books, yeah. and being more in the forefront. Mm-hmm. That it's like it's time, mm-hmm. and I I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think that the Kelly Sue DeConnick being becoming as popular as she is, she's you know I mean she's already got fans, but now it's growing even more. Um, that she's going to be doing some really awesome stuff for the industry as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to have her on there. Bob. Well, I just saw the, really just left the Woman in Marvel panel, mm-hmm. and she did an introductory video for the thing. And it was there, it was Janine Schaefer, who runs the Xbox, and Ellie Pyle, who's now going to do Avenging Spider-Man, uh, Marjorie Liu. So it was just, uh, sort of a twin focus. It's both how to get uh, female creators more involved, mm-hmm. as well as creating new female readership. And so the questions went into the, uh, have you ever rejected stories because you don't feel as if, they're treating characters. Right? Yes, they've sent things back to artists, some who are not receptive to some of the changes. They want very much to make sure that they're you know, putting out a, a proper message out there. The little girl's asking, well, how do you do this? Do it. And that was Kelly Sue's message. Yeah. If you want to do something, do it. There's an 11-year-old girl sort of asking, well, but I do it. I'm not really good at it. And all the women on the panel are saying, those are the ones that end up being the most rewarding. Mm-hmm. Because the things that you push through, push through the barrier and do it and just continue at that. And I asked, I didn't get a chance to ask a question during the panel, but corralled a couple of them afterwards to ask, well, you know, Marvel seems to do a much better job uh, promoting their female characters as strong, positive, non-exploitative characters than the other side of the fence, as we've seen with some of those covers that you are talking about. And so I asked, well, you know, conscious decision? And for, if, if so, how far up the corporate ladder does it go? It's across the board. Yeah, yeah, it comes from... from editors, group editors, the business, that they're looking to raise the female readership. But then there's questions about, well, you know, because of sometimes the seedy nature of some stores, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people telling anecdotes about being bullied and laughed out of stores. Oh, you're not going to read that. You're, you're a girl. What do you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, okay, there's digital, but that's sort of a step back. Okay, you're ghetto-wise out. Mm-hmm. Make a stink in the store. And, and uh, I think it was Marjorie who made the point, no, it was... Um, Judy Stevens, who is actually there, she runs their AR. When you see that little AR clip yeah, yeah, on your, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, that's what she does. She creates that content. Have, you know, uh, go for it. Mm-hmm. Do it. You know, strike back, say something. Jordi Belair is the colorist of Captain Marvel. Uh, the store in Chicago, I think this is the one Stephanie talked mm-hmm. about. They have a ladies' night. Where they have well, sort of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, yeah, and they probably play that music. We should play it in the background. But the idea is that, you know, book clubs don't happen because well, people just fall into each other proactive find the other people find the link in the store they asked earlier on the panel you know anyone here interested in creating comics and you know a dozen two dozen women stand up and they're look around make connections here in this room find the other people create your own community out of that which is I think very important yeah that's great I mean that's a great 
There was a, um, just a quick little thing. There was a woman who actually stood up uh, and came, she came to the front of the room because she had a, a list of questions for the Womanthology panel. She didn't want to ask just one. Apparently, um, she is a, not a struggling mother, but she uh, is a, it's a mother-daughter team. Her daughter, I think, is like eight years old, and she draws the comics, and the mother writes them. And she, they were so unbelievably helpful. They gave her, they mentioned a couple of books that um, I, c- I can make a list of those uh, for our listeners yeah. and everything of books that if you want to get into writing comics and you want to know how it's done, you want to know how to get into the industry um, and just how much easier it is now um, than it used to be that you can put your stuff online uh, and people can, you know, can reach you uh, that way. And one of the most important things to remember about that stuff is that even if your stuff gets heavily criticized, it's it's a learning tool. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a lesson learned, and uh, criticism isn't always a bad thing. So you know, you you write your stuff, you put it out there, and the most important thing is just to. I've been talking to people all weekend, and they keep saying, "Do it, just do it. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't let anybody tell you it isn't any good." He's like, "Run things past your friends." Try to find a couple of people that might know what they're doing and, you know, run it by them. But he's like, but just don't stop. Keep doing what you're doing. He's like, the hardest part is to find an artist, somebody that you can work with. He's like, once you have that, the rest is, is up to you, but we'll we'll just come to you as it is. He's like, even if it takes years, yeah. just keep doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Robert Rodriguez always said, he said, you know, don't say you want to be a filmmaker. Just be a filmmaker. You know, yes. you, you know that's yeah. it. You know, so it's the same thing with this. And you know we're talking about women at Marvel and at the at the Marvel Now Avengers panel. You know someone asked a question. You know they asked about diversity. You know both with female characters and with characters of different races. And mm-hmm. Rick Remender, uh, he said he's like you know I know people look at my book, my Kenny Avengers book, and they say this is like Cracker Palooza, where <laughs> it's all white people. And he goes you know that's not intentional. He goes just most of these characters were created in the '60s, '70s, and that time it was all white people creating white characters. Mm-hmm. That's what it, that's what they did. You know and you know, whenever we try to create new characters, we try to be diverse about it. But he's like, if to to assume that we're racist because we use white characters, he's like, it's ridiculous. He's like, it's not what it is. He's like, we're pretty progressive people here, you know. Um, so that was very interesting to, to hear him say that. Um, he was funny talking about. Uh, you know, he was he, he was an interesting guy because he just you know he's very loose with his language and will just kind of say you know w- whatever he wants to say. I, I guess. Um, you know, and he was a really, really uh, engaging, engaging person to to listen talk about this kind of stuff. We talked about uh, having Alex Summers as the lead in uh, Kenny Avengers, and he says somebody cheered. He's like, "Yeah," he's like, "I love Alex." He's like, "You know, if I my he's, he said in his view, you know, Scott was the quarterback, Alex was the guy in the bleachers smoking a joint, you know." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, it, "I think it's gonna be really cool to see him become a major player in, in the Marvel universe." Well, it didn't seem to make any sense. Until you read the issue and the way Cap presents it to him, yeah. really made a lot of sense. There are a lot of other things that issue. We'll we'll do a whole thing about that issue that didn't make a lot of sense, but yeah. that sold me because it yeah. really changed. He seemed like Captain America again. Yeah, making the right choice for his oh, team. Oh yeah, I was going to say that. We I mean we haven't talked at all about that. We we talked a little bit about it on Thursday, but you hadn't read it on Canny Avengers, and that was very refreshing. That Cap was acting like Cap again. You know, outside, once this this crisis was over, he seems to have gone back, and I got a chance to read uh, Captain America number one, mm-hmm. and very much acts like Cap in that book. And there's, and I don't, Bobby, you'll speak this much better than I can, but 
You get to see his mother in Cap One. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never any Cap book I've ever read. I've never seen his mother before. Poor kids growing up, regular regular lady. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but he. Uh, but she says something to him that's very. It's almost like a. Uh, this flashback, and it's almost. It's almost like that. Uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Type of line okay. to her son, and it's a really powerful line. And if you and I think. Uh, I don't know what you think of the rest of the book, but I think regardless, as, as a fan of Captain America, I think that that one moment is gonna is gonna really right. ring true to you. Uh, Indeed. Yeah, and we'll talk about books a little more next week when we get back into like the, the regular bedlam uh, swing thing. Oh, did you finish reading it? Oh yeah. Oh, you got to read the Nick, Nick Spencer Riley oh, Rossman book. Yeah, uh, horror book. Uh, Buy that book. Buy that book. <laughs> that book is beefy. Okay, it is it is tons and tons and tons of pages, lots and yeah. lots and lots to read. Um, dialogue bubbles that cover nearly the whole page. The artwork uh, by Riley Rosmo is just very striking and very very cool, and it is really 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 twisted. It's it's not so much it's not so much what's going on in in the book. It's the the matter read character. That is just mm-hmm. so interesting, and and the purpose of what he's doing. It's a very violent book, um, and I don't necessarily like where some of the violence is coming from. But it does come with a point that you were actually you were sitting on the train with me, where all of a sudden I like said out loud, I was like, oh, because <laughs> yeah. there's there's a point about halfway through the book where he reveals why he's doing what he's doing. And it completely flipped the story for me, and it almost made me appreciate the violence, which is kind of weird. Um, but it's really something that if you were, if it's at all on your radar, uh, I cannot recommend it enough. I want to read it again just because it was so big to have like a full opinion on it. Maybe I'll, I'll, write, I'll write the review and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, if anybody's looking to pick that up, that's Nick Spencer and Riley Rossmo. You cannot go wrong with that combination. It's sick. Um, and uh, speaking of sick, uh, Morrison talked about at the Batman panel about Damien six six six, Batman six six six. The uh, this which is story you read. This is the Damien as Batman right. in the in a like a bleak future. Ooh. There's a one off issue of it back in Batman and Son, and they're bringing it back. Uh, I think it's Batman and Son. Remember Captain Caveman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said he said it's the bleakest Batman story he he could ever tell. So. That's a hits on to kind of on what you were saying there. Uh, so, Bob, what else have you loved about? Well, I got to because of especially going in Thursday to just speak to and buy way too much stuff. First of all, but <laughs> yep. uh, we talked to a lot of people. Some of whom say they'll be very happy to come chat with us, which is nice. But um, love and capes, which we've all been loving. Uh, yes, Thomas Zeller is the most amazing. I met him today. He was a very, very, very nice man. And, you know, he's he's standing at a booth with a big sign, you know, comics for kids, which is just so wonderful. And today, it was Kids Day here. You know, the free kids passes. Uh, It's the kids' costume parade. That's what gives you hope that all this can continue. Now, if we can get some books into their hands, it would be nice. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, you're presenting an all-ages book. Which is just spectacular, which needs to be. Uh, got to meet Jamal Eigel, who I had kickstarted his Molly Danger. Uh, yeah, I, I saw him too. I got my little Molly Danger card. Nice. Yep. Uh, got a wonderful print from him. Just, these are genuinely nice people. Yeah. Um, there are some sad things. You see some of the older artists who 
ignored, mm-hmm. uh, passed by, or who charging. They're trying to play catch up for years of neglect, and it's really sad. Though Hero Initiative was here, uh, where they put out books so that money can go to these some of these artists who are on harder times, which yeah. is great. Comic Legal Defense Fund was here. Yeah, I saw them there. Yeah, you know, for those people who think that censorship can't happen, it still does. There are yeah. stores that still get themselves run out of business and stories like that. Uh, just uh, I, we found that this people had a there's a new startup. It's called Nerdular. <laughs> it's the eBay for nerds. Hey. Where it's, it's going to be run by people who understand for us without all the crazy fees. Mm-hmm. So it's just getting set up. So for those that are looking for books somewhere down the road. Nice. This, this is a room for networking. You can see people all over the place. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been, <laughs> we've been networking all weekend. Yeah. I mean, I got to meet Scott Snyder for the first time. Yeah. Oh, great. Which was great, you know. Just got to shake his hand and say hello. And I got to meet... Uh, Brian Bucciolato. Yeah. Um, we got to meet him. Bo- yeah, he was great. Yeah, he was a really great guy. And, you know, I went up to, I can't, I'm, I'm nev- I'll never say his name right, but Mahmoud Asar, the guy who does the art for Supergirl. Mm-hmm. And I just said, hey, man, I just got to tell you what, I love your work. It's amazing. And he's just like, thank you so much. And he shook my hand. And, yeah. You know, it was great. You know, They're all very yeah. gracious. Yeah. They're all very gracious. Um, I finally, after a long time of correspondence and uh, absolutely loving their work, I got to meet uh, some of the members of 44 Flood, yeah. which is, uh, of course, it's uh, Kasra Gambari and Menton Three and Ben Templesmith, who uh, are, you know, well, Ben Templesmith is in charge of so many things, but uh, they do the mono site. Um, they have that Lust Kickstarter going on right now. And uh, it was just so cool to come out for the weekend. And I mean, I'm sure we'll do more talk about, yeah. you know, the general experience. But um, it was so cool that we've interacted with these people either through Twitter or they've heard of us. And when you mention who we are and we give them their name, like I walked up to people and I'm like, oh, I'm a talking opposite. They're like, which one are you? <laughs> and I'm like, Steve. And they're like, their faces light up. <laughs> they know who we are. And, you know, they extend their hand, the whole bit. They throw you some free stuff. Like, it's just, it's really, really, really nice to be uh, appreciated for what we do. Because, you know, we put a lot of time into this. We put yeah. a lot of effort. I mean, this this weekend, we ran, we all ran ourselves through the ringer. Yeah, You know, absolutely. to to, I mean, not only did we have fun, but to do, to promote their work, to, to mm-hmm. keep it going. Yeah. You know, and they just, they respond to that big time between the, the fans and... And the press that are looking to to paint them in a in a positive light, yeah. they love it. Yeah, and they're just they're just so, they're so nice. Oh, they'll I'll walk you over to this person. Do you know this person? <laughs> they'll introduce you to the person that's in the booth next to them. Like, oh, have you spoken to this person? Blah blah blah, and it's just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and on top of it, beyond meeting these professionals, we were privileged to meet some of you folks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Over some this of the weekend, yeah. did, did see uh, what these, you know, you wanted to see what our faces were, <laughs> and so to meet, you know, meet Harry, to meet Sarah yeah, and Ted, met, to meet Super Bad Larry yeah. today. I mean, yeah, for the Super first Bad, time. Super Bad Larry is he's my boy. He was uh, he was with me the majority of the weekend. Um, I cannot say enough good things about that guy. I love that guy. He's pretty awesome, dude. And we, uh, well, I got to, and I know Stephanie did too. Uh, I got to meet Ryan Carroll. Yeah. Who, uh, he's 13? Uh-huh, 13, I yeah, think, yeah. 13, 13 years old, uh, came to the con with his dad for a three-day pass. And just, like, a, a very well-spoken, very gracious, intelligent kid. And it's just, it's it was so nice to see because, like, that's the future of this. Mm-hmm. And seeing him and, and seeing the way that he appreciated it and everything. And he's, like, he's a fan of the show. And he's, like, he's dedicated 
And I'm like, oh my God, you're the future. <laughs> so, what's up, Brian? You're awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that one. We'll have to catch yeah, up. Yeah, now we, we took pictures. It was great. His dad was very cool, too. He so. must be. You, you, you bring a 13 year old yeah. to a con this size. There were some people as we came in today, uh, or I was on the train. There, there were four kids all dressed in various sort of bat outfits, one carnage with a, with a mask and the giant fingers. And the mom is rocking a Wonder Woman shirt and <laughs> Wonder Woman socks. There were other moms with, you know, con mom on their T-shirts. <laughs> That's awesome. Holding, uh, hold, or, you know, little Justice Leagues around, like the little, the tiny Titans or something. So cool. Um, yeah. And, and those are, obviously, the, the, the moms are, the dads are. So a lot fans. of Captain Americas today. A lot of, yeah. lot of little Captain yeah. Americas. That's awesome. Yeah. In in various states of Captain America ness, <laughs> yep, movie ones and World War Two ones and um, lots of Thor too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. did you see Spider Thor? No, I did not see Spider Thor. <laughs> Spider Man, Thor helmet and hammer. Oh wow, <laughs> uh, that was that was pretty different. Yeah, well, I've been I've been taking cosplay photos all weekend. Right. I got yeah. lots and lots and lots of great photos. Everybody was uh, very, very... I don't think I ran into... I ran into maybe one person who was really nasty about my... They let me take the photo, but he... And I'll, I'll post the picture, but I mean, he, he must have worked for hours and hours and hours and hours, like a professional makeup job, the whole bit. His teeth were filed down to points. Like, he was the real deal. Yeah. What was he doing? I don't know what he was. He looked like a tree. <laughs> but um, he was just... He was telling me, he's like, he's like, oh, I, you know, every every 10 feet, I can't, I can't walk anywhere. And I was just like, well, dude, you kind of look really awesome yeah. and it comes with the territory. Yeah, why are you dressed like that? Yeah, if you don't want to be stopped and you want to just walk around and enjoy the con, then don't cosplay. It's like, just because I'm dressed this way yeah. doesn't yeah. mean you can take my picture. Just because I look, and just because I did this incredible makeup job and look like something out of, a, out of an 80s horror movie. He look, I, I have the picture. I have a oh, close-up of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this other girl that did her own makeup and I said, can I take a, a close-up photo of, of your face? And she sat in the mirror and just drew these like blackened vein lines all over the, from the center of her face oh, wow. going out, reaching all the way to her chin. Just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Um, I cannot wait to go through the photos and and post them. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't want to go through all the the struggle of walking around like a tree for the weekend, you know, I, I saw someone hands. right. I saw someone tell you that it, it's now going to have to be my go to thing. Arthur Dent. From the Hitchhiker's Guide, you wear a bathrobe and slippers and carry a towel yeah. the whole weekend. Then do that instead. Mm-hmm. But now there was uh, the, actually the kids walking around in, in their skivvies today was pretty disturbing. There's a 13 yeah. year old, so I think probably got thrown out of here. But did you see? Did anyone see the the? There was a couple. I don't know if they're brother, sister, husband, wife, whatever. But they were uh, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. I didn't see them. No. Okay. I just got to tell you if you. His his con advice, and I'm sure this wasn't in the 12 things to do to survive the con. <laughs> if you if you're a guy and you're going to wear a bodysuit, mm-hmm. you're going to be quicksilver. I really don't need to see your quicksilver. You might want to <laughs> wear a cup. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Particularly in a room full of rather exotic women. Mm-hmm. It, it's, you know, uh, there are some amazing people out there who just they didn't enter the contest. No. They just want to come and, and be part of all that. There it's is, um, I didn't get her name. Um, there was this one girl who, 
in my opinion, she was the most stunning girl that I've seen here all weekend. She was the Scarlet Witch, but she has a friend who um, does all of her like custom corsets. She made she made the actual album. She got the dimensions and the designs and made it down to the very last stitch. Oh, I know, I know stitch. what you mean. Yeah, I yeah. saw her about the Marvel and, booth. Yeah, and she used the same material from the corset to build um, the helmet or the tiara or the piece yeah. or whatever the hell it is. And I just, between the, the, the red lipstick, the, the way hair. her hair was curled, and she was just, she was just yeah. gorgeous. Stepped off the page of a George Perez Comic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and her her friend as well was was Emma Frost. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful, beautiful job. The two of them were a knockout. So you know, call me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the cosplay has been quite unbelievable. You know, there's been some uh, uh, unbelievable things and some really kind of deep cut stuff too. There was like the character from that game Journey. Oh yeah, I didn't get to see like, that. He looked great, and there was a when I was lying for the Batman panel. There was a Arnold Schwarzenegger or Mr. Freeze. Yeah, wow. I saw that. And it was pretty intense. I saw that. But yeah, it was pretty, pretty intense. Um, it's great to see. We saw all the regulars. You'd mm-hmm. see Batman and Superman, whatever. That people did enough research to do Batman Beyond, Batwoman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just saw Captain Marvel mm-hmm. just as I came in here. Uh, the character from Green Lantern with the, with the bony hand wings is oh yeah yeah I can't yeah. remember any yeah but yeah mm-hmm. walking around here there yeah. were people there was a, there were people with functional wings yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, it's insane yeah. and it's the insane. amount of uh, Adventure Time characters mm-hmm. is staggering uh, if, if we're counting if you're gonna count it as a full custom just the hat there's been there's more Adventure Time yeah there's more Adventure there. Time here I think than anything else there's a lot of Adventure Time yeah 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 a lot of doctors there was a whole battalion of doctors mm-hmm. just outside the window on my way here every era and the, someone was taking a picture they must have had a fisheye lens because there had to be fifty Doctor Who's oh, all wow. pointing wow. various sonic screwdrivers <laughs> at the camera that's awesome <laughs> that's crazy it's, it's, it's the legion of nuts is what it <laughs> that reminds me of the uh, wow. the Scott Snyder photo of the the court of owls oh, yeah. of masks from San Diego yeah, yeah. That, yeah that photo <laughs> still haunts me <laughs> yeah that, that is, a, is yeah. a crazy photo uh, somebody asked a question up there uh, 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 and uh, the moderator gave her gave I think it was a her or maybe it was a him uh, I, I don't remember at New York Comic Con you never know yeah uh, owl mask, and then Scott and Greg Capullo both signed it. Oh, that's nice. awesome! Like right there during the panel, it was really, really nice. Um, I want to mention something from the Avengers panel uh, about New Avengers again. I, I, I just want to get your opinion on this, Bob. Kieran Gillen was talking about Young Avengers, and he said, um, "You know, it's the ideal of the Avengers, not the practicalities of being an Avenger." What in the Young Avengers? In the Young Avengers, yeah. Well, it's I guess the Boy Scout idea. Mm-hmm. You, you, you want to instill everything yeah. that's perfect. So that you have an ideal to aspire to. Yeah. You, you don't want to go into it with cynicism. Yeah. That's, that sounds right to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got actually a couple questions from people on Twitter. Cool. Uh, that makes my life easier. Yeah. Uh, Cameron uh, actually asked, and I have answered for this, he said, any rumors of a Tim Drake solo series? Just wishing. Somebody actually asked that question mm. at, at the Batman panel. And, you know, they asked the, you know, Mike Martz, the editor was there, and the guy was like, oh, I asked Mike, and he could have done it for you right now, but he said no. But... Mm. The guy then he followed up with saying, "Keep reading. There's something coming." Uh, that's the thing we've heard a lot of. Mm. This so weekend, I mean, whether that's BS or not, that's ominous. What they said. No, no, yeah. Someone someone asked at the Women in Marvel panel about uh, Janet Van Dyne. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay, well, apparently, who knows? Right. Who knows? So you hear you. We hear things in the offices, yeah. right? 
Well, I know that Mark Wade said at the Spider-Man panel that he was on, because um, it was it was really just kind of like the New York characters, all, all those guys were yeah. there. Um, he mentioned that Pym is going to be a big part of Daredevil going forward. A really big part. Yeah, they mentioned that the woman yeah, they did. in Marvel yeah. panel too. Yeah, the, the, the comparison of the two characters who've lost the love of their lives. Yeah, so it's because he, he said he loves that relationship between those two people. Um, we also haven't heard, Bob, what you thought about the fact that Peter Parker is not going to be Spider-Man at least for a little while. Well, he's going to be in the books apparently yeah, with he's Mary be in the Jane books. and go off somewhere. Yeah. And, well, I wonder how many people do what I did all those years ago <laughs> and sold off their Spider-Man mm-hmm. when it was mm-hmm. was Ben Riley. Right. Um, you've got it's a business. There's mm-hmm. a there's a movie franchise with Peter mm-hmm. Parker in it. Yeah. He'll be back, so people. Yeah. Don't do what I do and panic. Yeah. You know, hang in. Um, Dan Slott's done a really fine job with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a super nice guy. Yeah. So trust. Trust. Yeah. When you get the writer who, look, Johnny Storm died yeah. recently. Yeah. Came back. So. Yeah. Um, he did. He's funny because he was talking about the panel this morning because on Thursday he said it was going to be like uh, weirder than it's ever been or whatever. And yeah. he said that got expounded very quickly on the internet to mean it was going to be dark and gritty. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be dark and gritty. It's just going to be more bizarre is going to be different like we're going to make it quirkier and a little weirder and you know he's really little, really excited about it yeah we can take more chances yeah exactly because it's not peter well he said he said to, to rob and i i mean i mentioned this yeah. in the other podcast that he's like this has been in the plan i haven't talked to bob about it it's been in the works for a while mm. like even before marvel now this mm. has been the move for him uh and he's super super excited about it because of the fact that he's like things are going to get weird and he's like, good weird. Okay. <laughs> Keep reading. So it's it's the Ben Riley from Scarlet Spider? Is that well, what, or that, is well, it a... no, Kane is in Scarlet Spider right oh, now. okay. But I don't think so. They haven't said that. I don't think they said that Kane is going to be it. The, the, the rumor is that Ben Riley will be back alive for, somehow. Um, but An extra clone. I, I don't know how they're going to do <laughs> that. But they haven't said yet who. They, I don't think they've identified who uh, the replacement is going to be because I think they don't want to spoil what's going to happen in Spider-Man 700, okay. you know? Um, I think in a lot of ways they wish they didn't have to say this right now, you know, that they could wait until industry, you guys should be surprised when the book came out. Yeah. But that's not the reality of the comic that's book industry. Not now. It was the old way. Yeah. Um, what just happened on the last page that I didn't know anything about? <laughs> well, that's the internet for you. Yeah. Um, Rick Coulter. Yeah. Okay. Rick Coulter yeah. wants to know, uh, what, what was the best and worst news from New York Comic Con, in your opinion? Um, I can say this, I'm not too psyched that Snyder and Albuquerque are putting American Vampire on hiatus for probably they said for about a year, so that they can re- they can write ahead in the series and they can both do other work, um, which obviously is the is the Superman stuff that Snyder's going to be doing, um, and they're going to do like one shots every once in a while, and when they but when they resume it, it's going to be jumped ahead into the '60s, and he said that whatever happens at the end of this Blacklist storyline is going to change the American Vampire universe drastically. But yeah, they're they're stopping for a while, so I'm not too psyched about that. And did you guys hear the news about the the DC animation block? Mm-mm. No. Well, so, well, yeah. Well, no, no. I'm sorry, Marvel uh, animation block. Yeah. I heard about. No. Um. So Young Justice just came back, and so did Green Lantern. Uh, they went back for two episodes. They're not going back till they're going on hiatus again. They're back till January, and it was a surprise because mm-hmm. it's like Cartoon Network's 20th anniversary or something like that, and so they're doing a special for it, and they're they're so. Until January, there's no DC Nation programming. Well, to uh, to, to get you a little excited about uh, some Marvel animation, uh, Mr. Joe Kelly mm-hmm. is going to be writing 
the new uh, Marvel animations that are coming out. Oh, yeah? He's going to be working on the uh, Avengers Assemble mm-hmm. for Disney. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Very so, cool. So, super excited about that. Yeah, and speaking of the TV, before we do it, uh, obviously oh. they announced the lead of the S.H.I.E.L.D. series. It's going to be Agent Coulson. Yay! Coulson lives. He lives! Yes. Yeah. Apparently Kevin Feige came there. Joss Whedon and Kevin Feige were on a, like a video feed. And Joss was on the talking about it, and then Kevin Feige walked out from behind him with an, a Coulson Lives uh, t-shirt on, and Coulson, and, uh, Coulson. yeah, because his real name is Coulson, yeah. Clark, Clark Gregg, um, <laughs> who apparently like he got really emotional because they showed like a series of clips about you know his places in the Marvel universe so far and his death scene, and um, people were like, you know giving him a standing ovation, and, and he said you know I've always loved comic books, and this has just been this has been the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. Like this little part I had in this one movie has turned into this, you know, outpouring from people. Was he, was that made for the movie? Was he in the universe no. before no, that? No, he no. wasn't. It made for the movie. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and they announced that he's going to be the lead in the S.H.I.E.L.D. show and Joss Whedon said, look, there was never going to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. show without Clark Gregg as the lead. That, that The one that I conceived it, that was how I conceived it. And Clark Gregg brought up, you know, he said, you know, life model decoy um, <laughs> and also vision. He brought up by name <gasps> vision. Uh, so, uh, we'll see what's happen with that, but that's really exciting. I mean, I sign me up for Clark Gregg being the lead yeah. in right. a television show. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that being my my best news yeah. of the weekend. <laughs> I mean, and the show should look good anyway. Yeah, but it's all brand new characters, and yeah. okay, what's my touchstone there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's great. Um, and I'm really excited about the Scott Snyder Superman thing. Uh, yeah, to see if he can. Bring it back, you know. He if yeah, well, you get still, you know, you never know. There's there's more <laughs> baggage with Superman. Yeah, he's yeah, been h- mishandled for so many years now that mm-hmm. pare it back down, build it back up again. Mm-hmm. It'll be more daunting. He's gonna bring the magic. Yeah. Well, I well, have faith. Well, yeah. as we know from Rob Liefeld, obviously Batman sells because it's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I got a, I got a, I got a quiz question wrong. We we we, we played a round of a quiz downstairs on our, our way getting up here. I did very good at unnamed goons on old covers. I was very <laughs> good at that. But there was there was a quote about this this internet quote from this year from mm. this aggrieved writer. Mm. Blah blah blah. DC hasn't had a new idea in forty years, and so on and so on and so forth. You know who was it? Yeah, Rob Liefeld. No, turns Alan Moore. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> Wrong aggrieved writer. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's funny on the Batman panel. They, they, you know, when they announced Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, they said, you know, uh, lead writer and lead artists of Batman, mm-hmm. Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder. So I don't know if they did that on purpose yes. or, you know, whatever. But it was really funny because people would go up and ask questions. They'd be like, "Oh, guys, I want to just thank all of you guys for all your books, Mr. Snyder." Um, I wanted to ask you, it was always Snyder or Morrison. They never, like, one person asked Kyle Higgins a, a question, but it was mostly just, <laughs> it was all Snyder and Morrison. That's all they wanted to hear from. Um, but it's been a, it's been a really good day. We got a lot of interviews. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff set up. We're gonna go, you guys are getting a lot of content over the next uh, week, couple weeks, whatever it's going to be. Um, I talked to Mike Norton, artist on uh, Revival and yeah, uh, yeah. Battle Pug. Uh, creator of Battle Pug. I mean, you know, I'm talking to James Tinian after we actually after we record this, and that's awesome. Excited dude. About I'm a little that. jealous about that. You got to talk to I. Yes, people. no, I can't be jealous about yeah. anything because I I met one of my comic slash literary heroes this morning. I've been talking to him all weekend, and we finally got about a 10 15 minute interview with Joe Kelly, who of course is the author of I Kill Giants. Uh, you've heard that name on this podcast a lot. 
and he his insight and I was very proud of myself for some of the questions <laughs> that I asked him because they were good pointed questions and I was really really nervous I was yeah. really nervous he was the most I was the most nervous with him than anyone else all weekend mm-hmm. just because I was like you almost made me cry for the first time <laughs> while reading comic mm-hmm. books you were the first person to like to get at me like that and um he just and he also gave us a couple of little uh couple little tidbits of newsy news that uh people will be pretty excited about Very and cool. um he's just a really tall <laughs> nice guy yeah um it's it's been great good to talk about people yeah. um we've set up some stuff we've done some networking you know it's been it, it's been awesome and we got to have a really last night was nice we had a nice dinner yeah, yeah, followed by my night out at the yeah. uh, the Geek Girls Network so party. Safe for the Woo-hoo. if it's safe for the airwaves. Oh yeah, man, <laughs> it was a good time. But it's been a really good time. Obviously, we're going to be probably talking about it for the next couple of weeks. A lot of stuff to talk about. But um, for now, I think we're going <laughs> to wrap <laughs> this up. Nothing. Because I need to go do an interview and then I need to go home. And, yeah. And sleep yeah. for a very long time. I'm going to go pick up my commission from Agnes Garboska and then I am actually going to go and check that other room because I think the trades are going down in prices by oh, now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was one that I did not pick up yesterday that I'm going to grab it and then that's it. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, hopefully that room's emptied out a little bit. You show me the secret staircase. Yeah, yeah. yeah I should show you the secret that crowd again. <laughs> But I think we've I've learned a lot from just doing this four days and like if we, we're here again next year, you know better ways to approach it and how you know how we have to figure it out. You Absolutely. Know? But it was great, a great time. Um, and uh, we're gonna take a picture with Stephanie as well. We're gonna try to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So all of us all together for the first time. Yeah. But we've met in little yeah. groupings, but never gotten it all together yet. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That so is right. That will happen. All right. So that is it for the Talking Comics podcast for. This con for Steve. (laughs) Yo. And Bob. I gotta go find a cocktail. I've been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics. To be continued. Continued.